Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast Empowering Female Leaders. I introduce you to Elise Dorset, a CCI certified transformational life coach, co-founder and lead facilitator of Spirit Drivers Mastermind for Managers. Elise will share with us today how she became an entrepreneur, this whole journey, how she got there and how she found a sense of joy and purpose in her life and in her work life. She will also share some challenges with us and how she overcome a few obstacles. And I am pretty sure that even if you work as an employee today, there will be quite a lot of takeaways that you can transfer to your whole life. So welcome to Elise, if you want to say a few words about yourself. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you again, Ulrike, for having me here. It's such a, an honor to be here and to be a part of this community that you're building and something that I really believe in. And when you started talking to me about it, when we met at that first event that we met at, it's something that you could tell it really sparked my passion. So I'm just really glad to be here. And I'll tell a little bit about my story and how I arrived to this place in Zurich and as an entrepreneur. So I grew up in North Carolina and went to school, went to university at Washington University in St. Louis, where I studied psychology and Spanish. And during that whole time of my life, I felt like I was on a train that I was not driving. So I felt um, while it was, I had a wonderful upbringing and such so much support around me, I felt for much of that time very lost. And where I've arrived today is a place where I feel very much on purpose, very much pursuing my calling and very and full of joy. There, I'm gonna of course talk about the challenges, but there is joy in this challenge of being an entrepreneur and especially a female entrepreneur. But I wanted to tell the story of how of, of being on this sense of, of a train track or a train that I wasn't driving. I felt like I was having external inputs and that I was just following the path that had been laid out for me. And all of that changed when I moved to Buenos Aires, Argentina. I went because I wanted to jump off the train. I wanted to get out of the box. I wanted to understand myself outside of the context where I'd always been. And that was the beginning of my awakening process, I would say, towards this purpose. And It came with an incredible sense of feeling lost again, even more lost while I was there because I had this incredible sense of freedom and just felt like I didn't have, I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know how to align my strengths with a sense, any sense of purpose at all in my life. Uh, I ended up dancing tango, pursuing a yoga certification. So I'm a certified yoga instructor as well. And that yo yoga certification was really pivotal for me because that's when I started meditating and I started to hear my inner voice. And that has really 
led me to where I am today. So since then, I've been able to follow the calling of my inner voice towards first a job in branding, where I was helping companies, consulting with companies to help companies and organizations find their mission and vision and purpose and values and story, which I absolutely loved. And now coming to Zurich with my husband, I have the, I had this time and space to pursue coaching, which is bringing together my passion for psychology, which I studied in college, this passion that I have for helping people and organizations find their value and purpose in the work that they're doing. And also my, my spiritual uh, life and, and passion as well. So I'm feeling, I feel like it's all coming together in this sense of a calling that I have for being a coach. Mm -hmm. What, what was maybe the biggest obstacle which you had to overcome, you know, when you decided, oh yeah, this is the right thing for me. I know, know where my path is, which is relatively difficult to find out for many of us. Um, but it still takes a lot of courage and you have to remove a lot of doubts probably out of the way before you go into this direction, because it's not easy to set up your own business. It's not easy to establish yourself. And it's a big, big black box you're stepping in at that moment. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it, especially moving to a new country and starting a business in a new country, I have struggled. One of the biggest challenges has been creating my community here and creating my network here. And of course I still have my network in the U S and that allows me to, to build my base of, of my client base, people who know me, trust me, like me <laughs> already. Um, but building my community here in Zurich has been a huge challenge. And, and it's something that's so important for every entrepreneur. I would say the second huge challenge that I'll talk about is overcoming a sense of, like lack of self-confidence. And, and I want to say that that's a particular challenge for women. Of course, it can happen to both men and women, but I was reading up on some studies that point to the confidence gap between men and women. Women are so much less likely to, or they're, they're likely to rate themselves as lower performers than men are. Men are more likely to exaggerate their performance. Women are more likely to underestimate their performance. And I have found myself suffering from that major challenge as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. What would you say when you come back to, I think these are two very important points, by the way, the self-confidence bit is something which I personally had a big problem with as well for many, many years. And I knew it. But somehow I also didn't take action on changing something for a long time. I just took it like, I don't know, it's a character trait or it's something which I can't change. And since I am a coach, I realized that many women are actually um, thinking this of themselves. So they know that there is a lack, but they believe that somehow they can't change this. They are not in power, which, which brings me to shaping this community as well, because this is the point. I think we are in power and it takes something to get there. It takes a lot of inner conviction and it takes, um, it takes the strength also, which exactly is what we are missing when we feel we are not confident enough so it's a bit of a paradox what what people are facing and especially women i think this is perfectionism which we often have that leads to a lot of self-criticism and then we tear us down and then we think we're not good enough and 80 is never enough and all of this learning that 80 is enough is for example something that's very interesting but um what would you say you know it brought you to your own path it brought you to the 
to the courage that it took that you do something that is probably a little bit out of the normal career path, which you could have taken simply a safe side and probably moved on quite nicely. Um, what, what is happening in your opinion if other people, and especially women, do not listen to themselves and shy away from doing what they really would love to do because they have this lack of self-confidence. What do you see there? What is at stake if we can't help ourselves moving over this threshold? Wow, such a great question. I am so passionate about this because I truly believe, so So I think the worst case scenario at, the, at this Uh, about this question, if somebody is ignoring their sense of worth, ignoring their sense of what they really want to be doing with their time. That is the recipe for burnout for me, because burnout is looks like ignoring your body, ignoring your inner sense of knowing, ignoring your values for a long enough time that you get yourself at a, in a state of such disalignment with what you know to be true and with with what you want to be doing the meaningful work for your life that you can no longer function <laughs> your body breaks down and says no we're not going to do this anymore we're not going to be under this stress anymore of doing work that's coming from an external idea of what's meaningful and so i think that's the risk you know is you you're unhappy you don't perform well, you are a drain on your, like you're an energy drain. So like if you come home from work and you've been working on things that you don't care about all day, what kind of person are you going to be for your husband or your partner or your kids or, you know, your friends? Like you don't have anything left to give to anyone else when you are draining yourself like that. And the number one thing that I found that fills me up is following that sense of that sense of calling that you talked about following that sense of that that sense of pleasure and meaning and, and light that can that things that light you up things that interest you things that fascinate you when you do that then it's the opposite you're filling up your cup so you have something to give to the world you have something to to offer and um yeah, it's really sad when you when people don't believe in their own sense of confidence or self-worth enough to to listen to that voice to that knowing that their own authority about what matters and how you should spend your time and, and what doesn't matter to you. Mm -hmm. You said in the beginning, there were two things that were difficult for you when you um, started or when you came to the conclusion, I know what I want, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and when you then started, it was, well, overcoming this lack of self-confidence and also then building your network. Mm -hmm. building network we can maybe come to it later because that's more of an organizational thing and in my experience it has a lot to do with having self-confidence if you feel well with yourself it's much much easier to build your network because then you can go out there and we speak to people get to networking events when there are again networking <laughs> events um, but at least you know it's easier obviously but what 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 different things did you try when you realize that the self-confidence or the trust which you have in yourself is not big enough, what did you do to change this perception? Yes, this is an ongoing process. So I will not be, I will not say that I have it all figured out, but a few things that have really worked for me. 
One is being honest with myself about my, about this lack of self-confidence or, or low self-worth. So being aware of it, <laughs> not trying to deny it or push it under the rug, but, but being aware of it and speaking with people that I trust about it. Mm-hmm. In particular coaches and my, my sister, who's also a coach and you know, it, people who I trust in my life, who, who I know will support me. Another thing that really works is writing down when I accomplish something. So I've been, I have this journal and um, I, I write down when I am proud of myself for little things that I accomplish. And I make it, I make it a point to, to celebrate myself when I achieve what I have achieved during the day and write those things down. So even if it's like, I made my bed, (laughs) you know, I, I went on a walk outside. I got a priority finished. Maybe I didn't get all my priorities finished, but I got one finished. So let's celebrate that. Making that little effort to celebrate that really changes. Another one that's, that really helps me. That's one of the cliche ones everyone says, but that really does work is gratitude, keeping, a list of things that I'm grateful for in my life, but also things that I'm grateful for about myself and not just repeating the same things, but Mm -hmm. every single day writing down something different about myself that I appreciate. And finally, the last thing that has super supported me is meditation. Mm -hmm. And the reason that meditation helps with confidence is that when you meditate, you connect with the part of you that is more than just your physical body. You connect with your life force, which runs through, I believe runs through everything in the world that is so much bigger than you. And you feel this sense of connection and the sense of oneness because lack of self-confidence comes from feeling separate, comes from feeling apart, comes from feeling kind of alone, partly, um, and feeling like you have to do everything yourself. And when you have that sense of connection to life force, mm-hmm. it, it gives you a sense of power. Mm-hmm. This is a great list. <laughs> this is a really nice list of things that, that is very easily applicable. Now, what is interesting to understand, I think it takes quite a lot of journaling, like self-journaling in a certain way uh, to see what you can be thankful for, your achievements and making, bringing this really to your awareness. And this combined with the fact that you work on your subconscious by doing these meditations and you really connect to your core at the same time creates a very nice correlation between also the different parts between your conscious and your subconscious and so on. Now, a question which I would ask myself if I was the audience is like, how many time does she spend per day? And how how much time did it take her until she had that feeling that she went from a low level to a very or a high level or the level she thought this is the right one now to launch my business? What was the step? You know, where, where did you feel this breakthrough? Hmm. Where did I feel that that breakthrough? Wow. I remember the, the moment that I decided to launch my business was at a, a retreat with other women, <laughs> funny enough. 
and led by a coach who was my coach when I first moved here. And she, I was, I felt so connected to the other women and I felt one, okay. One of the things that was really holding me back from watching my business and from listening to this inner voice was a story. And that was a story about there are already enough coaches in the world. Mm -hmm. So what difference could I make as a coach? And once I realized that that was a story holding me back and I was able to say that out loud in a group of other women, Mm -hmm. they supported me with that and they helped me to realize that that was just a story that was just a limiting belief that was actually keeping me from doing something that I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that that story was irrelevant, (laughs) I decided to declare I'm becoming, I'm launching my business as a coach. And it it came from the support of other women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this, for this answer. This is an interesting point because it brings you really a step further. Um, Somehow we underestimate quite often how important it is to be aware of something and how much that changes yeah. and sharing it with other people is a huge game changer very often because it makes us speak out something loud it makes us to admit something and with this we often admit also the hugeness that it takes in us we realize often only at that very moment that this actually is an amazing a a, a huge roadblock that is standing in our way. And it makes a big difference. And it takes a lot of courage because we have often the feeling that we show then vulnerability or some weaknesses. If we say, hey, I believe that there are so many coaches out there. What What difference can I make? Because at the same time, it feels like admitting I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to stand out. And at the end, it can be a breakthrough. It's a very simple thing but it makes a huge difference. And this is, I think, a very nice takeaway where people can do something about it. Now, the other question which I asked you before was around this daily maintaining of celebrating what you're doing, of being grateful for what, what you're achieving. How much time do you spend? How, you, how do you organize yourself with this? Do you have one journal for the gratitude and another one for <laughs> your celebrations? You know, explain a little bit how you do this. Yeah, thank you for asking that too. I I work kind of in waves and I, I'm not somebody who's like consistent every single day. I do the same thing. I have a routine that I really stick to. That's something that I've developed a lot of self-love about because I beat myself up about that for a long time. And that's actually, it's funny because I feel like that's kind of a masculine energy of like, you know, doing the same thing every day, waking up at the same time, you know, uh, being direct. And for me, I was women, we can embrace our cyclical nature and not make ourselves wrong for doing things in a different way. So I'll just start with that. And I have embra- I have always loved journaling. So it, for me, it cl- helps me to clarify my thoughts and it helps me to make myself aware of things that I wasn't aware of before. I have read a book called The Bullet Journal Method that I would highly recommend for anyone who's interested in creating a method or a framework for your journaling because it explains in great detail a method that does not take very much time and that give it's a modular method that gives you a lot of freedom for what's meaningful for you in your life and it's also a book about meaning and creating a meaningful life so it's a really beautiful book 
I spend time in the morning crafting my priorities and gratitudes. And that might take five minutes, might take 15 minutes. I also like to write down my intentions throughout the day. So if I have a call coming up, I'll write down, my intention for this call is to connect or it's to be powerful or it's to spread my love and light with this person. So writing that down really helps me get clear about why I am there. So I like to just keep my journal with me all the time <laughs> and write down when it feels good to write down. And the method helps give me a framework for, for that. He, in the book, he recommends also doing an evening um, reflection. And sometimes I do that and sometimes I don't. Depends on the, the, the day. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that answers the question. <laughs> okay. Do, do you sometimes look back as well? You know, obviously, because if not, you cannot build on what you're, what you're seeing. But how often do you really look to the pages where you have written down something over the past two, three, four, five weeks, whatever, to see and to understand your growth, your journey, your development? Do you do that regularly or do you, do you space it out you know, to have this bigger effect than at a certain point of time? Mm, I do go back and look, but usually it's for a particular purpose. So I have a lot of ideas that come through to me during the day that if I don't write them down, I find that they just take my energy. Like I'm trying to remember them and it takes my energy away from other things. So that's the other reason I like to have something to write with all the time, because I can just get that out and get it down on paper. And so, for example, when I was preparing for this interview, I went back to some old notes and some old, um, journal entries and some things that I had learned to, to prepare. And that really helped me to have it all written down. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We are coming to, not to a close yet, but uh, we are coming to another part of this talk, which is really about wrapping a little bit up, going into the takeaways for the audience and, um, well, helping them potentially to implement something in their lives that they are interested in. So what I have noted here are several points for which you said yourself, uh, when I asked you really, what is the process of overcoming this lack of self-confidence when you feel it? And the first very important part was about being present, being aware. And you gave a very interesting hint here with uh, saying that you shared it with others, you spoke it out loudly. And this makes a huge difference in becoming aware of it and in even removing probably quite a lot of power of this because then you realize that there's this belief and when you speak it out, it loses power because it's not hiding and operating from the background anymore at this very moment, makes a big difference. The second one was journaling, writing down your successes, your achievements, looking back to it and celebrating also very little things, things that seems to be so unimportant, which we oversee. But if we realize how many little things we do per day, you probably raise the awareness of how, how good we really are as well. Then you said gratitude, being grateful what you have achieved, what you have, what you can do of even your own capacities and who you are and having this gratitude in mind every single morning. You start in the morning. I do gratitude rather in the evening because I sleep away with this good feeling and wake up in the morning than with, with having this carried with me. So people have different preferences on how to practice this gratitude thing, but it's 
a big one and we see it everywhere. It's written everywhere. However, 99% of people don't apply it. So I say it again as well. Here's that's so important. It makes such a difference. The fourth thing you said is about meditation. And this is obviously something that you added on in your life. It is something which needs more time, which needs also space and calmness, but it makes a big difference. Um, there's a nice comparison, which I, I hear here and there. And if, if you say that to people who never meditated or who don't do very much for themselves during the day, it's like you, you, you put a lot of energy and time, you know, in, in caring about your body in, in brushing your teeth and going, taking your shower, getting your hair done, whatever. If you take just the same energy in cleaning up your mind every day, <laughs> then we're there simply but we don't have to do it to survive or to be seen by other people so it's just inside of ourselves and this is why we skip this so easily but it's a very important part so well said yeah exactly and so these are the things which you mentioned here and i think there is something in there probably for our community now, I said in the beginning that it's very important that people have a takeaway when, you, when they watch this talk live, also when they watch this talk as a video on YouTube later or as a podcast. Um, what would you now recommend of these things if there's only one to do? You know, if you say, I can't do it all and I know it already and I can't do all of this, what would you say is the one that is the most important? Mm. Wow. Find the way that you connect to your inner voice. We gave a list of a lot of different ways that work and find yours, but be sure to listen to your inner voice the way you hear it and follow it, have the courage to follow it. That's what I wanna say about the one big takeaway because you'll find a sense of joy and a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning when you're connected to you. <laughs> There's no one else in the world who can tell you what's right for you and no one who can tell you what's meaningful and what's important in your life. And when you let outside influences be louder than your sense of authority and power and knowing, that is a recipe for feeling unhappy and not having something to share and not making the difference that you can make in the world. So find your method for listening to yourself. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.